the Bible Girl Podcast. I'm Jessica Robinson, and I've gathered my Bible, my journal, some study tools, and highlighters in every color for study time. From the practical to the inspirational, I pray that these podcasts give you the tools and motivation to be a Bible Girl, too. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Greetings and salutations. I'm so glad that you're here for another episode. We This is the first episode of 2020 and how happy am I to be here today in a fresh new year and I have some fun things coming up in the podcast that where I'm excited to start working on. Just a quick reminder before we jump into today's topic, I'll be slowly redoing all of my free printables. So if there's something that you currently want that's in the Gracebook files, you want to make sure that you download those and save those onto your computer because they'll slowly start disappearing throughout the year. This week, um, I'll be releasing an updated version of the declaration statements, the I declare page, and that will be available a little later um, this week. And then as I do each one, that page will disappear out of the Gracebook file. So if you want the current copies, uh, you want to make sure that you pick those up and uh, download those. You can do that in several places. Um, the best place is to go to BibleGirlPodcast.com and click on the link on the right-hand side that says Gracebook and uh, that will take you into all the files and you can take what you need. There are two different sizes in there. As I've said before, going forward, everything's just going to be letter size. So if you like those A5 sizes especially, you want to make sure that you get those. And uh, some of the things won't be redone. They'll just be repurposed into something different that I'll be doing later in the year. Um, And other things will be um, just updated as far as giving a fresh look. And um, so you want to make sure that you just hold on to the things that you really, really want just in case they don't come back in the same form or at all. So go ahead and do that in the next few weeks. Um, As I said, slowly as I redo them um, over the course of the year, they'll just kind of disappear from that file. Today we're talking about some resolutions for the new year. I have three resolutions for you and um, I'm going to preach a little bit today. Some of this might not be um, as easy to hear as you'd like to, to, but some of it's going to be fun. So stick with me and we'll get through this. Um, I have three resolutions for you and the first one is um, kind of what I think is maybe the most fun one on the list. So we'll start there and I would encourage you this year to find new ways to connect with God. We've talked in the podcast over and over again about the fact that we need to be connecting with God on a daily basis, not just in our quiet time, but throughout the day, building him into our lives, making sure that he um, has an opportunity to speak to us, that we are listening for his voice and that we are being reminded of his presence throughout our day. And God never changes, which is the one of the most comforting things about him in, in a world that's changing faster than we can keep up with. It's comforting to know that God doesn't change, but we do. And our culture changes and the world around us changes and everything is changing in a lightning fast speed. And we don't stay the same either. And so because we're constantly adapting and growing, sometimes we need to reevaluate the things that maybe worked for us a few years ago may not be working as well. That's something that I have found to be true in my entire life. I found that certain things that I would really find meaningful for a season didn't last in the next season of my life. Um, Some things I've gone back to later. Other things, they were just for that time. Um, I think about how in 2010 and, and maybe that... 
2009 to 2012 time period, 2013, um, I spent such a massive amount of time just studying the Bible and using resource materials and just two and three hours a day just um, devouring everything that was in the Bible. And of course, you know, part of that is my job. So I, I did a lot for that. But also, I did it on my own. It was something that was really um, something that I was really drawn to. In this season of my life, I need the more slower disciplines. I need things that force me to slow down and think um, more. Um, I also feel like in this season of my life, being able to listen and not just speak all the time in my time with God has become very important to me because of the things that I've been through over the past few years. And and you'll find that's the case for you too. As you grow and as you change and as you become uh, a new person in Christ, as, as, as you progress in that, the ways that you connect with God will mature, they'll change, they'll be different. And sometimes um, we don't quite realize that what we have isn't working. I, I've talked to people before where they say, it's just so hard for me. I, I really want to spend time in the Bible, but I just, I can't seem to make myself do it. And oftentimes as I talk to them, I think, you know, I think they just need something fresh. Why don't you approach it a different way? Um, why don't you connect with God in a way that's completely different from how you've done it before? And I'm surprised at how many times that really is a key for people. So think about how you've been connecting with God in the past few years. What spiritual practices do you do that keep you abiding in Christ? And then consider something new. Consider trying a new one. Maybe um, this is just something that you can add to what you're currently doing, or maybe there's something that's just not working for you, and it's time to try something a little different. I have some resources. These are all listed for you in the show notes. If you download those, the show notes are available each uh, time I post a new episode. I email the link out to those who have subscribed to my newsletter. And um, also they're available um, at the link um, on the podcast page as well. This is episode 108. So you'll want to download that um, if you would like uh, these resources listed out for you. The first is a book by Gary Thomas. I've recommended this before. It's called Sacred Pathways. And it's um, basically how your soul best connects to God. It helps you kind of understand some things that uh, about you that make it unique to you. These specific things are things that are, are always going to help you draw closer to God uh, because this is how you're wired. Um, there's a bit of a test in there, not so much at the beginning, but each chapter that explains different spiritual pathways has a little test and you can kind of take that test in each chapter and then see which chapters you scored higher on. Um, most people that take the test, I've done this in classes with people, have several in which they're they're reasonably high. And they might find they gravitate toward one in a certain season of their life and others in, um, that, are, that they're high in maybe aren't working in their life right now. So it's kind of an interesting little take on some different ways that you can connect with God based on how you're, you're wired, how your soul works. Um, and it's very spiritually sound and I just have really enjoyed going through that with people over the years. If you're, um, if you're into the Enneagram and you know your Enneagram number, there's a great book called Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. Uh, I appreciated it. They break um, each, each one down, each Enneagram number, and give you some things that would especially be good for you in relating to God, um, special spiritual practices that would help you because of your Enneagram number. And I have found that um, over the last year or so, as I've really pushed into 
um, paying attention to the Holy Spirit's work in my life in a way that I haven't done before. I've been drawn to um, a certain kind of praying. And I, I thought it was hilarious that uh, that book recommended that for my Enneagram number. And the Holy Spirit had kind of brought me there already, but it was interesting to see that in print in front of me that I was on the right track. Um, if you aren't into the Enneagram, that's not something you really care about or that you know your number, that book probably isn't a good help to you. But one that would be uh, by one of the same authors is the Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Calhoun. She takes pretty much every spiritual practice you could think of and gives you a brief overview of what it is and, and what it does and some ideas for implementing it in your life. And it's quite extensive. It is a massive list of spiritual practices and everything in that book in one way or another will help you draw closer to God and abide in Christ. Some of them are more active things. Some of them are great for people who are um, more uh, vocal and, and outspoken and others would be things that would be good for introverts and there's stuff for activists in there and just all kinds of really interesting things. It's a, a, a very extremely comprehensive look at spiritual practices. Um, she also wrote the spiritual rhythms for the Enneagram, but this particular handbook was written uh, quite a few years ago, has been um, reprinted and, and updated several times now, um, including recently. Uh, Maria Litauer wrote Your Spiritual Personality. That's based on the um, the spiritual uh, or the personality types of phlegmatic, uh, sanguine, choleric, and melancholy. And if you happen to know that what your personality is, this is a, um, a look at how uh, some things that your personality would struggle with um, in, in relation to spiritual practices. And um, I found that to be pretty much on the mark and really enjoyed that one as well. And another book I can't say enough about is Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. This is a book that's going to challenge your thinking as far as, as getting you to be deliberate, intentional, and slow down a bit. Um, this type of slowed down practices, I think, are so important in our culture today. And um, if you can only read one book from this list, I would start there with Sacred Rhythms. That is such an excellent book. There is a video class that you can actually do, and there's a workbook that goes with it. So if you have a couple of friends and you uh, want to do it together, that would be an excellent resource. But um, even just the book itself, is, is immensely helpful and um, I encourage you to pick that up if um, if one if you can just pick one off the list that's the one I would do so that's the first resolution I have for you this year is to find a new way to connect with God get yourself maybe out of a rut or force yourself to see God um, a little differently by by connecting with him in a fresh way the second one and here's where I'm gonna preach a little bit your second resolution for the year is get to church I feel like um, this is one that I, I, I speak on occasionally and I, I every so often like to bring it up again. I'm always surprised. I have um, lots of people who will follow me on Instagram. They don't necessarily listen to the podcast and they will send me, um, I'll post something about a, a printable or something and they'll have a lot of questions and I'll, I'll ask them, well, you know, do you do something like that in your church? Or people will... Um, want to know things about my resources and and they'll ask me like um you know they're looking for something specific and they they want to know if i have a resource like that and oftentimes i'll say well the best place to start is your church you know don't always invent it yourself but but what is your church doing right now can you plug in there and that helps you with accountability and there's a whole host of reasons but um i'll get responses well i don't really go to church right now 
And I, I'm always, you know, very gracious, but inside, I just want to say, go to church, go to church. Um, I realize I want, I want to say, first of all, okay, so let's start with the people who don't go to church because they've been hurt by a church. I am so sorry. Church is messy because people are messy. And I get that. And I know that churches have hurt. There is, is so much in the news about real damage that, that people who say they love Jesus have done to other people. And, and I, I get that. It is like any organization, we trust it. We think we think it's going to be okay, but not every person is a healthy and safe person. And people do hurt us. And if that's the case, I want to tell you, please, please find some support. Find a therapist, find a psychiatrist, somebody you can talk to about it and work it through and find healing. And part of that healing needs to be finding a healthy church. It doesn't do, uh, it, it's no good for you to give up on church just because somebody hurt you. There are good churches out there. And yes, it's going to take time. And I'm not telling you to race right out and join the next church. I'm telling you to do the process of healing, however that looks like for you. If that involves, you know, maybe, you know, getting some friends involved in helping you find a, a new church. Maybe that involves getting a professional help. Maybe it involves getting legal help. Maybe, maybe something was done to you that was illegal. Pursue it. Go after, make sure that the, the law is, is, is followed and that people pay for the things that they've done according to the law. But please, whatever healing looks like for you, don't, don't turn away from God in the church, but find some healing. There are good, healthy churches out there that want to be a safe place for you. Not every church is, but there are good ones. And when you reach that place of healing, part of the healing is going to have to be coming back to church or you haven't really healed. Take the time you need. Do the work. Do what, what, whatever it takes for you to get healthy. And then find a good church, a church that nourishes you, that loves you. One of these days when I have a chance, I want to do a podcast on how to find a good church because I have a lot of thoughts on that one. As someone who not only works for a church in a paid capacity, but has served on church ministries all of my life since a teenager, since a junior high student, um, I I have a lot of thoughts on on what a healthy church looks like because I, I have been in my share of unhealthy churches. And um, so one day that'll be a podcast. So those of you that have been through that, who have been deeply hurt by a church, um, this, the rest of what I'm saying here is not for you, okay? But I am talking about people who have, um, don't go to church for other reasons. And I'm gonna mention a few. First of all, there's your pride. Some people just think like, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need someone, you know, telling me what to do. I don't need to go to a church. I don't need to hear that. I can just sit at home with me and God. Um, and, and you can't, you're not created for that. We need the body of Christ to grow. You were created for community and you were created for others. And if your pride is what's keeping you at home, then that's a sin and that you need to address that. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I started this conversation on the church by addressing people who have been deeply hurt, but there are people who have a bit of a sense of entitlement and get their nose out of joint and leave and aren't going back to a church anymore because so-and-so said something or this person hurt me or something. And um, I, 
I think that's something you've got to get over. You need to put aside your pride and your your sense of entitlement and go to church. The whole point of all of this is that we are growing together. That means when someone hurts you, this is an opportunity for you to model Christ and forgive them and move forward in fellowship and try to restore that relationship. And maybe it can't be restored, but that's still not an excuse to run from church. Let me tell you a little story, and I am not preaching something to you that I am not willing to do myself. When I first came to the church that I work for, um, I was just coming as an attender. I had been in a situation where um, a church I had been going to lost their pastor, and there was a big, um, you know, once again, another church that wasn't the healthiest. And... um, the there was a lot of conflict there was a a family that caused some problems and lots of things happened and and before too long there the pastor was gone and there was no pastor and the leadership began to leave and um i just felt like you know maybe there wasn't really good enough leadership to pull this church back and at the same time my mom was in a situation she had been attending church for um for a specific reason and she didn't really uh, like the church but she was going with someone else and she decided that when that situation kind of changed that she just wanted to find a new church so the together the two of us started coming here to the church I work at now and we just started attending and my goal was just to sit in the pew and just listen for a few months I just I was just hurting from what had happened before, and I the answer to me is never to leave the church because I believe so strongly in it. But I really didn't want to get involved. I just wanted to sit and uh, and just uh, soak up some uh, preaching and and the comfort of of being in community with others without a lot of the the baggage that comes with it when it comes to serving and running ministries and things like that. But it wasn't too long before we started getting involved in things. The church had a lot about it that was very healthy. But there were a couple of people in particular that did something that was very deeply hurtful to both my mother and I. And we felt very um, excluded and unwanted. And I have to say that is not a feeling that I struggle with normally. Um, I don't. I'm not the kind of person that gets offended easily. Um, in fact, it's, it's really hard actually to offend me. I'm pretty easygoing. I let stuff roll off my back. That this, that this hurt me says a lot about the deepness of the wound. And I took more offense over the fact that it wounded my mother, who, who does feel things much more deeply than I, and was really, really hurting. And I, I, I just said, you know, we're not... We're not members. We don't have to stay here. We can find a different church. And we just kind of paid attention and just thought, you know what? This is a good church. The leadership is strong. They are strong, not only theologically, but they have a vision and they love God and they love their people. And the these people weren't, you know, they weren't necessarily, you know, a leader of something. Um, I just felt like this was just maybe someone who was immature and I decided to be mature and tried and decided to forgive even though um, I don't think they thought there was anything to forgive Um, so I didn't tell them that I just forgave them in my heart and I decided I was staying and I was going to work through it and and maybe make some new friends and broaden my um, my scope of people that I knew at this church and we stuck it out 
And of course, over the years, this church has been an amazing blessing to me. It has been um, the catalyst for so many good things in my life. Um, I was able to leave a job that became incredibly stressful and work here full time. I began to be in a position where I could help people and even people in the same situation that I was help people navigate difficult relationships. And um, I've been able to be just, I can't imagine how I would have made it through the last two years with my cancer um, and health issues without these people. Um, it, it is hard. It's messy. And, and people are messy, but you got to go anyway, because God is using it. And, and that opportunity right there, that that moment, that is a pivotal moment in my life. I made a choice to put aside something that was painful and and do the hard thing. And God blessed it in ways I cannot, I could not even tell you. It's just so, it's so complicated how he worked all this out. And you have to put aside your pride and you have to put aside your entitlement. You know, I realized that we're all entitled and we all think that, you know, people should treat us a certain way and we should get certain things in life. But if you don't put those things aside, you you ruin experiences in life and you ruin the opportunity that God has to do a good work in you. We also need to put aside our comfort and, and our idols. And I think about this one because um, I I do a lot over, over many, many years in, in several different churches with recruiting volunteers. And I always have a little chuckle with people. You know, they'll say, well, I don't want to really sign up for that because then if I, if I wake up and I don't want to come to church, then I still have to come because I, I said I'd serve in that area. And I I always, I'm like, are, why are you telling me that? Like, I feel like maybe that's something you should just like say silently to yourself. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I like the same thing. You know, I'd like the opportunity to sleep in on a morning when I've had a long weekend. Um, but because we're adult people we do we, we make commitments and we keep them and we do the stuff we're supposed to do and god wants you to go to church and he wants you to serve and it, that might mean you know not watching the football game that might mean going to church on a morning when it's rainy and gloomy and it's supposed to snow later and you just want to stay home um and i'm not saying that there's no grace for you if you if you need to stay home one week but, but if you're staying home from church and not being part of a local church because it's just more comfortable to stay home or you're an introvert and you don't want to go and have to meet people, you need to put those things aside because there are great blessings there. The, the church itself is missing you. There are churches who need the gifts that you have. Um, in Corinthians, Paul talks about how everybody was given different gifts so that the body can do the work that God called it to do. And if, if, if people are staying home because of their other things that are more important to God and have made things an idol, even their own comfort, then the church is missing out on those gifts and isn't able to do the work in the same way that they were called to do. And in addition to that, you miss out because there are great blessings for you to be in church. And so um, we need to do these things. And and this is the last thing that I want to say about this. And I'm, I'm not, that isn't the only thing I have to say. I have a lot more to say, but I wanted to keep this small and I don't want to spend the whole podcast preaching at you. But let me just say that all of the spiritual practices you do in the world are pretty empty if you're not in community, because our spiritual practices are for the good of others. Why are you growing closer to Christ? You're growing closer to Christ so that you can love him better and love others better. 
And this is your opportunity. Going to church with messy people, getting up early when you don't want to, serving in your community and serving in your church because God has asked you to and because he has given you gifts to serve and created you to serve. Those things are all the things that your spiritual practices are meant to fuel. I know people that have read the Bible through every year and rarely go to church. And I always want to say, what are you doing with all this knowledge? Is it for you or is it for the benefit of others? Because there's only so much that you can fill up in yourself before you have to spill it out. And yeah, I hope you're spilling it out at work and I hope you're spilling it out with your neighbors, but it also needs to be to bless the body of Christ and so that the community of believers can do the work that God has asked his kingdom to do. So go to church. That's your second resolution for the year. And I'm going to step down off one of my soapboxes there and move on to the last one. This one is do something that doesn't benefit you. Do something that is just for the benefit of someone else and you get nothing out of it. And I know a lot of you think, well, I serve here or I do this ministry or whatever, but you probably get something out of it. You get a sense of camaraderie with other people. You, you, a lot of people, when they serve in church, find their greatest friendships and people they serve along with. Um, you may do something um, that's, that's visible and vocal. And so you're getting some praise or some thanks for it, or you're getting a good reputation or whatever. I encourage you this year to find something you can do that doesn't benefit you in any way. Serve someone who cannot repay you and may not even thank you. Find some way to serve in a way that that you are serving someone who has no ability to reciprocate and may not even appreciate your gesture. Do something anonymously. Serve in a way that no one knows about. Do something just completely anonymous. Do something in secret without announcing it. This is a little different than anonymously. Um, sometimes you do something and the people that you're serving know about it. but but you don't need to tell your your neighbors or your friends or announce it to your small group just just go do it quietly just go do something in secret and and i i want to encourage you to do that because i feel like we are turning into a culture of people who a announce everything we're going to do um and and b we we use a lot of our service as a way to um give ourselves an identity and to um show who we are and and that's not necessarily a bad thing because the bible does say that the way we love others is how we'll draw people to christ and and it's good that people see you serving and loving other people but there is a value in doing something for someone else in a way that is completely selfless and that doesn't bring a reward to you in return I think more than ever in our culture, we need quiet servants. We need people who are just doing things because they need to be done without any thanks, without any fanfare, without any announcement. Just go and serve someone else for their benefit and not yours. So there's your resolutions for the new year. Find new ways to connect with God, get to church, and do something that doesn't benefit you. I hope you have a great new year. If you haven't had a chance yet, my Instagram story, I gave a, a bit of a pep talk. If you're listening to this on the date it's posted, Monday the 6th, um, you can pop on there and listen to it. I gave you a couple of ideas about the new year. I plan on doing Sunday pep talks on Instagram as much as I can this year. Um, so check those out. I I just, 
I believe that God has good things in store in this year. I believe that God is on the move. I think that he is working. I think some of the things I see that scare so many people, people will say, oh, this is such a terrible thing. And I look at it and I just see such great opportunity for the people of God. And I just feel like if we if we seize it, this could be a year where things change. And so I, I pray that for you. And I hope that these three ways are ways in which you're a part of it. So best of luck in 2020. I wish you all the best. I wish you God's blessings. I wish you his peace and his comfort. And I pray that God does something amazing and surprising for you in 2020. God bless you. We'll see you back in two weeks with the next podcast and have a great day. Thanks for listening. Go to BibleGrowPodcast.com to email me, download show notes, sign up for my newsletter, print the monthly scripture writing list, and listen to past episodes. Join the Bible Girl Facebook group to get the latest podcast news and to interact with me and other listeners. I'm all over social media as Jessie L. Robinson. That's J-E-S-S-I-L Robinson. I'd love for you to friend or follow me. Join me again for another episode of Bible Girl.